Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane, dumps it out the horse. Paxson for three! Yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Got it! Let me step back and kiss myself! Oh my god, Well, it's a special trade deadline edition of the Believe in Bulls podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, and I'm not going to lie, I am so, so happy that I put this off until the day of the deadline. I was going to record two episodes this week. One on the regular Wednesday, and another that would come out on Thursday. Because the trade deadline is today, March 25th. I'm recording this at about 3.20 Central Time. I wanted to give enough time for any extra details of deals that would come out, and I'm glad I did, because as I was making my notes, we found out more details on another trade the Bulls made. But the story of the day, Nikola Vucevic is a Chicago Bull. Words I did not think I'd say, because we did not see this trade coming. We heard Lonzo Ball. I've talked about that on the show many times. That did not happen. Lonzo Ball is staying in New Orleans. Nikola Vucevic's name did not come up in any rumors until today when Sham Sharania and Adrian Wojnarowski both reported that Nikola Vucevic is coming to the Bulls from the Orlando Magic for Otto Porter Jr., Wendell Carter Jr., a 2021 first-round pick, and a 2023 first-round pick. I love this trade. First of all, I talked last week about how Wendell Carter might be too small. When I say too small, he's 6'10", but he can't match up with some of these bigger guys. Nikola Vucevic, while he's not all that great defensively, can match up with the bigger guys. Vucevic, when the Bulls played the Magic, now this was back on February 5th, The Bulls did not have Wendell Carter in the lineup. Nikola Vucevic put up 43 points on the Chicago Bulls. That was February 5th, a game the Bulls should have won, but ended up losing to Orlando. The next night, he put up 17 points and grabbed 15 rebounds. This is such an upgrade from Wendell Carter, because now the Bulls have not one, but two All-Stars in their starting lineup because Zach Levine was an all-star this year and so was Nikola Vucevic for the second time in his career. I absolutely love this trade. I'm really excited to see how Nikola Vucevic fits into Billy Donovan's system, but on the surface, this move is not a move you make if you're trying to rebuild. I keep saying this is a playoff roster. This team is a playoff-bound roster. They are playing to win They aren't playing to tank. They're not playing for draft picks. I don't want to hear any more Cade Cunningham to the Bulls conversations because those should be over now. This is the type of move you make if you're in win-now mode because you traded who should have been your center of the future in Wendell Carter. That's why you drafted him number seven overall. Well, rather, that's why the old regime drafted him number seven overall was to hopefully have him be the center of the future. That didn't work out. You trade the $28 million man in Otto Porter Jr., and you get an all-star center, and you threw in two first-round picks 
I'm not even worried about it because the Bulls have plenty of draft capital. All all they have to do right now is win games so those picks don't end up being really, really good picks. ESPN gave it a B. Yeah, I could see that because defensively, he's not an upgrade from Wendell Carter. But honestly, I think you can sacrifice that, especially now that the Bulls made the trade for Daniel Tice from the Boston Celtics in a three-team trade. And that also included Troy Brown and Javante Green. One other note from this trade with the Magic, the Bulls did also get Al Farouk Aminu from Orlando. That's just going to be some added depth. It's not a big piece, not an exciting piece. The sweetener to the deal that makes it a blockbuster is Vucevic, Ferrado, Porter, and Wendell Carter. Now, let's get to this three-team trade. Boston and Washington both involved in this. The Wizards get Daniel Gaffer and Chandler Hutchison. The Boston Celtics get Mo Wagner and Luke Cornett. Luke Cornett's not on the Bulls anymore. It's a great day in the city of Chicago. And the Bulls get Daniel Tice, Troy Brown, Javante Green, $1.3 million from the Celtics, and two hundred and fifty dollars from the Wizards. Again, I like this move. This is a depth move. Daniel Tice is going to come off the bench. He's going to anchor the defense off the bench because he's a much better defender than Vucevic is. And he's a great rim protector down low. And I think he's going to be a great addition to the bench mob. I have starting lineup potentials coming up here later on in the show. But I like this trade as well because of the depth it brings. I think Daniel Tice is going to be a great addition to the bench mob. The big news, we've talked about it basically since the show started 10 episodes ago. Lonzo Ball is my pick for the point guard of the future for the Bulls. Lonzo Ball is staying in New Orleans. He was not traded. The Bulls also kept Lowry Markkinen and Thaddeus Young. So they could not find trade partners for them if they were looking for him. I know we've heard reports about the Bulls were fielding calls on Lowry. I don't know if Thad Young was quote-unquote touchable, if he was even an option for a trade. I know his name was brought up for potential, like, you know, playoff-bound teams. I could use some depth because he's having a great year. Lowry and Thad are staying Otto Porter, Wendell Carter, Luke Cornett, Daniel Gafford, and Chandler Hutchison are all leaving. Now, what do these trades mean? You heard my thoughts on Nikola Vucevic. He's an all-star big. He's going to be an instant impact on the offensive end. I think he's going to fit into Billy Donovan's system perfectly, and he's a great all-around addition. It adds to that starting lineup having two all-star players in Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic, and I really, I just keep saying his full name when I'm talking about these trades, because I just can I'm having trouble still. This is like four hours after this trade broke that I'm still having trouble comprehending that Nikola Vucevic is on the Chicago Bulls because we did not see this coming. This is a sign of a strong and well-run front office. You did not hear the Chicago Bulls brought up as a destination for Nikola Vucevic. You kept hearing about Lonzo Ball. You kept hearing Andre Drummond. You did not hear this until it broke. And all the credit in the world to Arturis Karnaschobis and Mark Eversley, who absolutely blew away my expectations for this trade deadline. Because I really thought it was going to be Lonzo Ball and maybe nothing else. They made two good trades, including an all-star center, who's going to be absolutely instant impact on the offensive end of the ball. They did it without leaks. If this was Gar Pax, the Bulls or somebody would have been leaking like a sinking ship. There were no leaks. It was awesome. Very well done, and all the credit in the world to AK and Eversley. More on them in just a second. Really like the Vucevic edition. Again, Daniel Tice, 
More depth at the center spot behind Vucevic. Now you have two good options down low instead of having Wendell Carter and either dropping Thaddeus Young to the five or having Daniel Gaffer come into the five spot, which was definitely not ideal. Like, absolutely not ideal on either end of the floor. So you have a defensive-focused player in Daniel Tice behind an offensive-focused center in Nikola Vucevic. Now, that's the pronunciation, too. It's not Nikola, it's Nikola. And this allows Thaddeus Young to continue playing the four off the bench. Thad doesn't have to start anymore. At least, I don't think he needs to start anymore. There's a way he can. I don't think it'll happen. But Thad can come off the bench playing the four, and he doesn't have to drop down to the five and maybe turn into a de facto point center in a small lineup. He can play the four spot and get back into his comfort zone there. And also the brown, green, and Aminu additions, bench depth. Purely bench depth It's not a bad thing to have. I don't think any of them are quote-unquote bad players. They're not Luke Cornett or Cristiano Felicio, who's still on the team somehow. But bench depth is good. I don't mind a little extra depth on the bench for you know the second unit. Make that stronger. I also love just having other options than just the usual suspects. So this is going to be a low-key... Good trade, I think. I think Daniel Tice is better than he gets credit for, especially on the defensive end of the ball. But th- what what did the Bulls accomplish this trade deadline? That's the big question. What did they accomplish? Yeah, they got one of the better big men in the game, at least on offensively. But what did they accomplish as a whole? Basically, it's out with the old, in with the new. Bye-bye, Gar Packs. Daniel Gafford, Chandler Hutchison, Otto Porter, Wendell Carter, Luke Cornett were all acquisitions made in the Garpax era. They're all gone. And the trade with Washington and Boston is worth celebrating, if not for one thing and one thing only, and it's that Luke Cornett is no longer on this team. I feel like Stephen A. Smith, when he was talking about Kwame Brown getting traded for Pau Gasol, and they were asking if the Lakers overpaid, and he's like, absolutely not, because Kwame Brown is gone. That's me with this trade with Washington and Boston. I don't care what they gave up. Luke Cornett is off this team, and we will always and forever have this. Talked about the half that Luke Cornett had as we're now in the first quarter, and believe it or not, Jim Boylan said that he reminds him of Robert Ory. That was something that Boylan brought up yesterday at practice, Neil and Stacey. Of course, Boylan spent time as an assistant with the Rockets. And he said Ori was one of the first guys who could rim protect at a high level and make threes. We all know Robert Ori could shoot a three. Luke Cornett was one, made three tonight, but that's the idea. He said Luke Cornett has rim protection, block shots, and he liked how he guarded Giannis and cut a Kufo in the first half against the box gentlemen. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> Neil Funk, Stacey King. Oh, is... my goodness. Robert Ori? Yeah, Robert Ory was a great two-way player. One rings, too. Oh, my goodness. So long, little Robert Horry. I'm not going to miss you one bit. I was so happy when I saw Luke Cornett was traded. I told you I wanted Luke Cornett off my team and try to find a trade partner, and they did. So long, little Robert Horry. So, yeah, out with the old, in with the new. That's going to be the motto for this trade deadline because you – all of those pieces were from the previous regime. Now, Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley can get to building this roster around two all-star players in Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. And I have starting lineup predictions 
this is what I think is going to happen in the starting lineups because I did not like Thaddeus Young in the starting lineup. Now, this was not a perfect trade deadline. Let me be perfectly clear. The Bulls did not plug all of their holes. They need a point guard. I like Tomas Sadoransky. I think he gets the job done. But he's not the point guard of the future like, say, Alonzo Ball. And I still say he's probably the top choice for this team. I think if the Bulls would have pulled off a trade for Lonzo, this trade deadline will go down as one of the better trade deadlines in Bulls history. And now they have Tomas Sadoransky as their starting point. And they're going to rely on Kobe White with the second unit to maybe be that point guard that Billy Donovan and everybody hopes he'll be. Here's my prediction. And we'll see if this comes to fruition. The Bulls play their next game, their first game after the trade deadline. And with this new look roster is coming up on Saturday, March 27th against the Spurs at 730. Here's what we've got. Tomas Sadoransky, Zach Levine, Lowry Markkinen, Patrick Williams, Nikola Vucevic. I think that's your starting five. Your second string, Kobe White, maybe Ryan Archidiakono, Garrett Temple, Thaddeus Young, and Daniel Tice. Maybe I'd put Javante Green ahead of Ryan Archidiakono, just because I'm not the biggest Arch fan. I mean, that's just me. I mean, I'm a bigger fan now that he ditched the stupid man bun. But you could play with that second string however you want. But I could see that starting lineup with Sadoransky, your past first point guard, because you'd have Zach Levine who can shoot. I mean, you have a very inconsistent Lowry market. More on that in a second. Patrick Williams, who I'm very, very high on, and Nikola Vucevic. Because now the defenses, you can handle Zach all you want, because if Lowry has a bad night, Lowry has a bad night. Patrick Williams is not a volume scorer, and Wendell Carter wasn't impressive offensively. So you could basically team up on Zach and hope if you get beat by the rest of the team, you get beat. Now you have to pick your poison. Do you go after Vucevic defensively or do you go after Zach? And you can't have one or the other necessarily. Or if you find a way to attack both, if Lowry Markkinen has an odd night, you're you're done. You're going to lose. But I think having Lowry Markkinen in that starting lineup, he's been very inconsistent lately. Against the teams the Bulls should beat, he's been playing lights out. And when I say lights out, I mean playing well. The Bulls lost to the Cavs, and I can't believe this trade deadline got me away from talking about that game Wednesday night. I'm probably going to talk about it a little bit before the end of the pod here. But Lowry had 17 points. It's the game he should have played well in, and I thought he did. He couldn't really find a stroke from three-point distance. But still, 17 points from your number two guy. Okay, you've got to respect that. But the game before that was against the Jazz. The Jazz are a really good team. I did not expect the Bulls to win that one. Lowry dropped a grand total of 8 points on 3 of 12 shooting. 3 of 12. And 0 for 2 from 3. Now, against Cleveland, again, a team the, Bull, a team the Bulls should have beaten and didn't beat. They lost 103-94. Lowry had 17 points, still on 7 of 15 shooting, 1 of 5 from 3-point distance. Lowry is too inconsistent. I wish they would have found a trade match. I understand he's a restricted free agent. I get all that. I wish they would have found a trade match. Now you just got to hope he's consistent the rest of the way. But now the Bulls number two is down low. 
You don't have to rely on Lowry to be your number two scoring option. You can feed Vucevic down low, and he's going to fit in really well in the drop, pick, and roll system that Billy Donovan uses. Now Lowry's workload can maybe back off a little bit. He doesn't have to keep pressing if he's having a bad game. You can find other ways to score instead of hoping that he finds a rhythm during the game. But that game against the Cavs, man, I'm, I'm really sad there wasn't any NCAA tournament action on because I, I couldn't take it anymore. I mean, it was just bad. They were favored by six. The Bulls were. Ended up losing 103-94. to I tweeted after the game that our tourist needed to get on the phone because I was hoping he would just sell. Anyone not named Zach Levine and Patrick Williams was on the table, in my opinion, after last night's game, you, especially because Cleveland didn't have Colin Sexton. If they had Colin Sexton, okay, if he got beat by Colin Sexton, okay, you can respect it. They didn't have one of their better players, and still, and the Bulls still lost. It exposed a lot of problems with this Bulls team, and I was really hoping Arturis was going to be active at the deadline. And again, he was more active. He was more active than I thought he'd be in terms of like players involved, because I was really thinking it'd be Lonzo Ball, maybe a big, nothing else. You got an All Star in Nikola Vucevic. You've got a solid center off the bench in Daniel Tice. You've got some other bench depth in there. You got rid of some of the guys who you didn't really care for from the old regime. It was a, it's a win in terms of the trade deadline, and I really think if the Bulls didn't lay an egg against Cleveland, it's completely different today. Now, Joe Cowley at the Sun-Times reported that the Bulls were in on Vucevic for the last couple of weeks. They were doing some exploring, as they should. They were doing their due diligence. They couldn't really find a match until Thursday morning when the trade came out, when news broke from Shams and Woj that this was happening. And I'm glad it did. Because it really does add to the front court depth that the Bulls have really lacked in terms of. Because Lowry's a defensive liability. I kept saying Wendell was too small. He didn't play big enough. Now Vucevic is 6'11". I think he's going to be a great fit. I hope his defense improves. It wouldn't surprise me if he takes a step up. Now his usage can step, can come back down a little bit. Because Orlando was using him a lot. The Bulls are one of just a couple teams with guys with 30% usage now. And now I got that from ESPN. Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic both were 30% usage for their teams. I expect Vucevic's numbers to go down in that regard. And I expect Zach's to go down too because he doesn't have to carry the whole load now. Both of those guys were carrying the load, carrying the burden for their teams. And now they've got, they can kind of balance each other because you can feed Vucevic down low or you can find Zach outside of from mid-range. I am all for this. And the betting odds are turning in favor of the Bulls. NBC Sports reported NBA title odds went from plus 50,000, that's 500 to 1, to plus 150,000, that is 150 to 1. The Eastern Conference title odds, this is the one that speaks the most. The Eastern Conference title odds, the odds that the Bulls can win the Eastern Conference, went from plus 25,000, which is 250 to 1, to plus 5,000, which is 50 to 1. That is a huge jump. Now, granted, I think this move puts the Bulls maybe in the sixth seed. And when I say maybe in the sixth seed, I mean the Eastern Conference is bad enough that this team can maybe find a way to sneak into that sixth spot and be out of the play-in tournament and into the playoffs outright. They wouldn't have to play into the playoffs. They could just make it without issue. I think that can happen I kept saying with the old roster it could happen just because of how bad the East is. I mean, outside of the top three teams, you don't have a lot there. And I, I really think now the Bulls need to be in the playoff conversation. I think this trade deadline shows how different things are for the Bulls now that Gar Foreman and John Paxson aren't there. 
I think Karnaschovas and Eversley did a wonderful job. And I don't think they're done because the Lonzo rumors are going to stick around in the offseason because he's a restricted free agent. Lowry's a restricted free agent. I could maybe see a sign-in trade for Lonzo. I could see an offer sheet match. Either way, that's not going away. So I'm not giving up on the Lonzo ball to the Bulls pipe dream I've had for at least the last, what, 10 weeks or so, whenever reports started coming out about the Bulls being interested. Really, really exciting times at the United Center. I think the arrow is pointing up even more than it already was. I'm really glad I got my bet down at plus 350 for the Bulls to make the playoffs. As I record this pod, this is after the Cavs loss. The Bulls are in 10th place in the East. They are a game and a half back of Boston for the 8th spot. And they are two and a half games back of the sixth spot in the East. There's a three-way tie for the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. Because outside of Philly, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn, the next closest team is the four seed, Charlotte, at 22-21. and 21. That's barely over 500. And Charlotte's going to be without LaMelo Ball after a fracture in his hand. So expect them to fall down on the standings a little bit. Miami, I expect... To move up after they traded for Victor Oladipo because now they have a three-headed monster of Jimmy Butler, Victor Oladipo, and Bam Adebayo. So I expect Miami to move up. I don't expect New York to do anything different. Atlanta, maybe. They traded Rajon Rondo for Lou Williams. And the Celtics, I think, are going to move down a little bit. I think they're starting to maybe falter. I didn't necessarily care for the tie steal for them. I mean, I, I didn't think they did a good job with it. So maybe Boston, but yeah, I expect the Bulls to move up in these standings and maybe make a run at that sixth seed and make the playoffs without having to play in the play-in tournament. So great day for the Bulls. Really thought they did well at the trade deadline, which is the first time I've said that in a while, maybe ever. And someone, I, I can't tell if it was a joke when one of my buddies asked me if this put them back in conversation with how they were in the 90s. Going to disagree with that a little bit. I think they're a playoff team. 90s Bulls are a whole different, that's a whole different era. You don't have the GOAT on this team. Like, I don't want to hear those comparisons. That was the last thing I expected to hear. But really good stuff from the Bulls today. Let's look at the upcoming schedule as we do to end every show. The next game for the Bulls, our first game with this new look roster. Saturday, March 27th, 7.30 p.m. against San Antonio in San Antonio. And it gives you plenty of time to watch the Loyola Ramblers in Oregon State in the Sweet 16 that day. I do want to give a shout-out to all my guys at Loyola because I covered that team in 2018 for the Loyola Phoenix when they made the Final Four. Really happy for Porter Moser, Sister Jean, and this whole group for making it back to the Sweet 16. They play Oregon State Saturday at 1.40 p.m. Central. They're seven-point favorites last I looked. So good luck to the Loyola Ramblers. I know I'll be rooting for them from home. I'm watching from my house and doing some work for my blog as well. But you have plenty of time on Saturday to watch Loyola, Oregon State, maybe grab a bite to eat, and then watch the New Look Bulls take on the San Antonio Spurs. Back on track here. The Bulls will then play the Warriors on Monday, March 29th at 9 p.m. And then they face the Suns Wednesday, March 31st at 9 p.m. I'll have a new episode of the pod dropping that day as well. So only two games to recap in between episodes. But either way, the story is the Bulls have a new look roster. They're going through a grueling stretch of the schedule, and I'm really excited to see how the addition of Nikola Vucevic in particular impacts this team down the road into the playoff push. That is all I have for this week's pod, a special trade deadline edition. Bulls out here making moves. Again, I will be breaking down how all of the moves 
Impact Games going forward here on the Believe in Bulls podcast, on the Believe Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave a review, too. I promise I read all of them. Tell your friends. Tell them to listen in. I love talking Bulls with everybody. Hoping to have some guests in here down the road. The episode with Rob Schaefer a couple weeks back was a great episode. Had a lot of fun. Looking forward to more of that. I will talk to you all on Wednesday. Back to our regular schedule of Wednesday episodes. Now that the trade deadline has passed. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.